Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please, enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk. Morning and welcome to our Cafe Church for October. Uh, Oh, we know everybody, so welcome. Let's pray. Father, thank you that um, we can spend this time together learning about you and moving through stories in in your word. Um, And as Cafe Church, learning together, discussing the word together and looking at it from different angles. I pray that you'll be here this morning and we'll be opening our hearts for you to be about your business. Uh, Let us be expectant to hear from you this morning in Jesus name. Amen. Right, I think we need to do a bit of um, family business this morning before somebody probably explodes. Um, I did did say to Kaz we'll leave this to the end of the morning but we thought that might be a bit dangerous. Shannon, is it your birthday this week? Shannon's birthday this week everybody. birthday. We pray that God will bless you and continue to bless you as a member of his family on your birthday. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I think we will invite you straight forward to lead us in our worship. Uh, just to stay or share a little bit of a, a story, I was, um, I was sitting in my sitting room a couple of weeks ago and I kind of looked looking around, looked up into the corner and there was a spider there and it was obviously doing its job making a web. And I thought, oh, I can't pick on that spider because it's cruel, you know, I'll just leave it um, and and it'll go away. And then a couple of days later, it wasn't there. And then sort of by the end of the week, I I was sitting there again, I was looking around and then I saw, you know how when you get cracks in the plaster, Everywhere. I saw all, the, I thought, oh no, I must have a look at the cracks in this plaster. And I got up there and there were n- these webs all the way around. It was like they'd made a highway across the top of the surface of, of my, um, my sitting room. And I, I, got, I got the vacuum cleaner out and now I've sucked them all up and I've stuffed a bit of paper to stop them coming back up again. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and so I was just thinking about this, and I was thinking it's a little bit like um, our lives. We kind of notice something, oh, today I don't feel so good, oh, I won't, I won't look, seek the Lord, oh, no, it's, oh, I'm tired or whatever. And then, and then after a week of that, it kind of all goes, and then they're just cobwebs everywhere in your life. And, you know, you've got to kind of clear them all out again and start again. Um, and, you know, we can, we can be very lapse at keeping our lives fresh with the Lord. So it's just a, it was just a sort of thought to get us focusing on the Lord again. And I was reminded, as again, talking about um, Shabbat. And if you remember what Shabbat means, it means stop. It means stop. And then the next word after it is that ruach, which means rest. So what God wants us to do is stop. We have a Sabbath moment. 
So, okay, maybe it's not the Sabbath day for us, but we can have little Sabbath moments all throughout the days, through the weeks, where we stop and we rest and we reflect. It's like a reset button. And we need to put reset buttons in our lives all the time so we're just resetting and getting our, our head back into the right place. So just, um, you know, just give ourselves a few seconds to kind of reset and then uh, we'll just sing some songs to the Lord and uh, praise his name. Lord, I just thank you. We can reset with you every day. We can reset with you every moment. Thank you that you want us to stop and rest in you. Lord, I remember that verse in uh, Psalm 40, um, 34 that says, those that, those that look to him are radiant. And then in Psalm 45, be still and know that I am God. Lord, let us be still in our hearts and open up our hearts to you. Thank you, Lord, that we've got angels uh, around us who are all singing with us. So we're going to sound wonderful, Lord. So thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You choose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, Lord. And just um, a little group of people joining together to praise you, Lord. It might seem foolish to the world, but Lord, to you, you're looking for hearts that love you. Thank you, Claire. Yeah, we have a God who makes a way, no matter what. And actually, really ties into the theme of the stories we're looking at in Cafe Church. Uh, if you remember, uh, we have started looking at Joseph. And <laughs> well done, Shannon. And, you know, last month we introduced, you know, the story. You know, here's Joseph, the younger brother, the father's favourite, with all his dreams. Um, and... Very jealous brothers. Um, and, you know, when they decided to beat him up and sell him and all that, it would have been probably very hard for Joseph to see where his God was making a way at that point. But as we look further into the story today, we will see that God very clearly was using all that to make a way. Um, but we'll move into that in a couple of minutes first. Oh, but first we'll do something else. Uh, last week you were asked to pray for Live Wires because we'd had a couple of really difficult weeks. Um, thank you on behalf of the team and thank you for those who are praying on Friday night. We had a lot more peaceful night this week. Uh, we had new growth as well. We're getting new kids every week and I said to the team in our team briefing beforehand, um, when I look back over the, what, eight years I've now been doing live wires, every time we get growth, and we've had growth every week of this term, the devil seems to like to try and give us a kicking one way or another. Um, this is possibly the last couple of weeks might have been the most serious kicking we've had in a little while, but we still get growth. 
we're still in the right place, still doing the right thing, still there for these young people who need some sense of community. Um, and it's your prayers that protect us and keep it rolling. So thank you for praying this week. Um, I'll ask you to continue. But we're going to not move into what we're doing first, because we're going to just spend a few minutes praying again as family um, for Jean and Eric. Eric is not with us this morning because he is in hospital. Um, he was taken into hospital on Friday um, after going to the doctors for what should have been a routine appointment. Um, and he is in hospital. Uh, I'll let you catch up with Jean if she's here at the end. I know she'll be diving off quickly because she's due to see him this afternoon. But he's on the acute medical ward, so that means Jean is booking in times to go see him. And he's having a cardiac review, we've heard this morning at some point over the next couple of days. Um, so we can take a moment to pray for Eric and Jean. Eric in hospital and Jean obviously holding fort um, with everything that Jean does. And also peace for Jean. We all know Jean very well. Jean will make herself incredibly busy because um, she just keeps going. But actually, we need to pay protection in that case on Jean that she doesn't herself overcommit and overdo in the fact that she needs to be able to be here to see Eric. And also for the hospital, for Eric's care. Um, not because it's Eric, but because I think we're on another strike week, which is going to delay everything. Um, and obviously, we want for Jean and Eric answers and treatment as quickly as possible. So, I think we're going to take a couple of minutes for us all to be praying. Pray out loud if you want, if that's your thing. Pray quietly. Go pray with Jean. Um, but let's, as family, in this next couple of minutes, let's all pray for Jean and Eric and for this situation. Father, we live this um, dear couple to you at this time. You are the one who has the answers here, um, whether it's for doctors or whether it's for your miraculous healing. But we just pray that you're at work, as we've been singing, in Eric's life and in the life in that hospital at this moment in time. Your healing power will be at work. Um, and actually, like Rob was just praying off of the microphone as well, that... Because of who Eric is, because of how you've equipped him and how your Holy Spirit works through him, that hospital ward will not be the same because he's had Eric Woodward, uh, servant of God, evangelist of God there, uh, that they will have seen something of you in the way that Jean and Eric are. Pray for the wider family as well. They're not all here. They're spread between the UK and America. So we'll pray for them at this time, um, that your Holy Spirit will be with them as well. In Jesus' name, amen. We're family. It's what we do, isn't it? Um, it's what we should be doing as well. And I think, I think we need to encourage each other to make sure that we're asking us as church family to do this. There's nothing prepared here that's so important that it cannot be dropped out if the family need prayer. Um, and over the last few weeks, we've done that. And I think this is possibly where God's leading us in some situations. Um, so, 
let's see. Let's see how much he disrupts our our flow over the next few weeks for more prayer, for more of the family. So we actually can have more thank yous and more testimony, new testimony of God's amazing grace, yeah? Right, on with our morning. I've got a quiz for you. I thought we'll have a little quiz this morning. On your tables, you will see I have prepared a little cafe church pack. Uh, there's two per table, um, so you're going to have to share. Um, now, there's bits in here that if you do get fed up listening to me later, you can do yourself, or you can take it home and do. But the bit that we are focusing on now, and I would like you to do, because this is our, our joint quiz, is on uh, page three, you have something looking like this. I have got two characters and a characteristic um, displayed in images. I'm going to give you a few minutes to work out what they spell. Now, I'm going to not put a disclaimer on this because I'm dyslexic and I break words down phonetically quite differently. So it's a bit like catchphrase. You've got to say what you see and then decide possibly what letter or letters may not be valid. So I'm going to give you a few minutes and let's see if we can actually hear your brains go, going, you know, Kazar writer sitting here thinking, really? <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if my young people can actually beat the adults to this because they're quite used to the way my brain works. Right, are we ready? Let's see how far we've got. Not very far, I've heard mumbled. So, what do we think the first one could be? Potifer. Pot, I, fur. Okay, not spelt correctly, but phonetically it works. Can I read the next one? Joseph. A man with a technicolor coat. Joseph. Which, both of whom, if you'd read the email uh, which came out, you probably would have got because that's who we're looking at today. Right, let's see if you can get this one. What was the characteristic? <laughs> I have no idea. So it's something, 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 minus something, minus something. Okay, are you ready for this then? We've got, look at the brand of hotel. It's a premier inn. We've got an inn, tent, grip bin, teapot, Minus bin, minus pot. In, tent, gritty. Integrity. <laughs> Integrity. In, tent, grit bin, teapot, minus the bin, minus the pot, gives you in, tent, grit, tea. I told you, the mind of a dyslexic who, look, who works visually. Did you get it, Chloe? Okay, Chloe got halfway there. The mind of a dyslexic which works visually breaks things down quite unusually. <laughs> Three things. We are looking at Joseph. We're looking at Potiphar. 
And the theme which God brought out of this is integrity. Right, Clay, can I have the video, please? So there you go. A whistle-stop tour of the rise and fall of Joseph in the Potiphar years. Um, now, this was going to be Ellie's um, cafe church. Uh, they are at um, um, a baptism in Brighton of Nathaniel and Isaac. So, and she was like, well, you know, this story, it's... Um, it's got its bits in it. It's a bit X-rated in places and there's things as adults we can talk about about the children in. And of course, I'm here and I'm doing it and we've got uh, our wonderful Kelly girls who are working their way through. But it is one of those Bible stories where depending on which translation of the Bible you read, depends how salacious they tell the story. Um, we have Joseph who, let's face it, could at this point, at the beginning of the story, thought, my life is done. I've been sold into slavery and I've been hauled off to this place called Egypt. Um, now, the Hebrews would have known about what Egypt was at that point. Don't be um, under any illusion that in this part of the story, that Egypt wasn't already a major political power at that time and was collating a huge number of slaves. And there would have been a huge number of Hebrew slaves. So he turns up in, he in Egypt to be sold. He could have been sold into manual labor, which is where a lot of the Hebrews ended up, building pyramids, working in the fields, making bricks. But he wasn't. He was purchased by the, an officer or Pharaoh, who is the captain of the guard. There's going to be no manual labor with Joseph. Think back to the first part of the story. He was the favorite son. So chances are he had soft hands. Because chances are he didn't do much manual labor amongst the 12 brothers because he was the favorite. Did this favor continue? Well, we're told that God was with Joseph. And in verse 2, it, it says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man in the house of his Egyptian master. So from destitution in a pit to success in the house of the captain of the Pharaoh's guard. That is a pretty good flip of um, circumstances, I would say. Still a slave but blessed. And then we're told that his master saw that his God, Joseph's God, was with him. And he gave him authority over his household. That's huge, when you think about it. Here is a slave, and you're really good at what you do, but I'm actually going to put you in authority over everybody in my household and all my affairs. And one or two of the translations, and um, one of the study Bibles I've got, actually puts it slightly differently. It puts it in the way that 
in their understanding of what that meant in their studies, it meant that he had more of an idea of what went on in Potiphar's life, how much Potiphar was worth, how secure he was, how much political power he had, who was against, who was for him, than actual Potiphar did. Because Joseph was the power keeper in that household. All because he saw God blessing Joseph and knew that Joseph's God was with him. What an honour for a Hebrew slave. Possibly, possibly quite a social risk for Potiphar as well. Could you imagine it? Today, all these people who um, the papers hold up as being um, incredibly powerful or whatever because they've got so much wealth, turning around and um, saying, you know what? We're going to find possibly the most socially undesirable person in our place. We're going to bring them in and we're going to put them in charge of everything we own. And society, I reckon, would have something really, something to say about that. Possibly, if you're into your sport, it could be taking somebody who's got no clue of your favourite sport, if you like. So say you're into your football and the, the millions and millions there is in football teams. Taking someone who's got absolutely no interest, no clue, doesn't really know how anything works and saying, you're now in charge of the biggest team in the world with this amount of money. It would be ludicrous, wouldn't it? But that is what Potiphar did. Now, before we go and talk on, talk a little bit about, if you like, the consequences of then what happened, the more salacious part, I think I'm going to give you all a couple of minutes to get a cup of coffee. Because, you know, this is the X-rated part of the story. We might need coffee to get through. So, a couple of minutes, grab a cup of coffee. Because once we've talked about this bit, then you're going to talk and you're going to take over the rest of the morning. Okay, I'm going to sit over here because I'm going to do the notices and um, I've lost my finger presser. So, notices for this week, church. On Tuesday, it's the first Tuesday of the month, so it's church prayer meeting here. And while church are here praying, Rich and Alex will be running the second of the three-to-one course. Um, and I think the feature of the church prayer meeting uh, it will be praying for three-to-one while they're running. Is that right, Cass? Yeah? Okay. Um, and there is an appeal on the email for cakes, I believe. Uh, they're still in need of volunteers for cakes. Uh, then Chloe can have the next one. No, down. Down. There we go. So on the email this week, there was quite a lot to it. So rather than we stress it all, I thought I'd summarise it and then say, Check your emails. If you don't receive the church notices on email, which means you won't also be receiving the podcast for the Sundays that you're not here, uh, you need to speak to Jess Prescott about getting yourself signed up. 
Um, so, on the email, you will have details of a Care for Family event on the 10th of October, a Hope in Action event on the 9th. Uh, Emma McPhail is leading a women's retreat cruise um, in January. Reading the detail, it looks like men may be allowed to go, so don't quite know how that one works out, but there we go. Uh, Crowhurst um, uh, Healing Centres running a Wednesday weekend in November. LL Ministries got practical prayer ministry training in October. And as usual, um, the organisation Eric is linked to will have their Zoom test meet evening on Monday. And all the details are there. Um, and I think from reading it from memory this week, it is an uh, ex-football hooligan. So um, could be some, some stories there of uh, transformation. So... That's this week's notices. Um, but obviously, in family ones, it's three to one prayer for on Tuesday and our prayer meeting here. Uh, right. Uh, we, are, we are in absence of children, so the quick and pot can sit there and the giraffe can sit there. I often wonder, do those who are listening in podcast land, we talk about a giraffe. Um, we have a stuffed giraffe which sits with our pots that collects for the children in Africa. It used to be called Jeffrey, um, and then it was decided that we were going to change the name, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it's now called. It begins with a Z. Seeker. Twigger. Twigger, I'm told, reliably. So, in podcast land, we have a stuffed giraffe called Twigger in relation to Africa pot. Right, family, I'm going to send around the offering basket. It's going to start here. And I will just pray. Father, I thank you for the, all the gifts that you give us. Um, practical, financial, spiritual. And I pray that our hearts will give an offering back to you of all of those. Um, and particularly as the basket is going around the on the financial side, for you to take, multiply and bless for your work for this church in the kingdom and in the wider world. Create in us that um, cheerful heart of being givers in everything that we've got. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. Okay. We shall now go on with our story. Just get it back open. So here we have Joseph, blessed by God, rescued from a pit, sold into slavery, blessed by God into the household of the captain of the guard, blessed by God because Joseph did diligently worked hard at everything he set his mind to. Blessed by God, because his owner recognised how hard-working and full of integrity this young man was, that he was elevated to this position of the head of the household and in charge of all Potiphar had in the house and, in my translation, in the field. So that Potiphar 
because of Joseph, had no concern about anything but the food he ate. What a nice life. I'm not concerned about anything apart from the food I've got, of which probably Joseph organised. Now we get to the more salacious part of this chapter. Now God had blessed Joseph, we know, in many ways. He had this gift of the dreams. He's now being blessed because he works really hard. He got, the, if you like, the triple threat. We're told he was handsome in form and appearance. So not only was he really good at the stuff he did, he looked good doing it as well. I don't know. Some people. <laughs> but... Here comes trouble in the form of Potiphar's wife. Who thought, you know what? That slave's a bit of all right. I think I want to add him to a collection of my own. And he won't be doing the cleaning. Now, the next few verses are about this chase. And in the video, you know, she was throwing herself on the floor. Love hearts going out her eyes and such. This is someone who is being driven by lust. Pure and simple. Even trying to justify, oh, you've been in charge of everything in my husband's household. Yeah, but Josie goes, I don't quite think that means his wife. Because that would be a sin against God and against my master. Now, this hits on um, a difficult little bit of subject sometimes because when we look at stories in the Bible when they talk about adultery, um, especially as we move further on and in, the, in Jewish law as well, if it was a Jewish person caught in adultery, then stoning comes into it. Um, and we've seen sometimes we can not look at the wider um, historical social concept of is it only the Jewish people who had these high morals? And actually, it wasn't. Because going back through my concordance of my study Bible and the notes from the, some of the scholars which I read on this, it seems that adultery in this part of the Middle East, no matter which culture you were in, was unacceptable. And in most cultures, punishable by death. So here we have the wife of the captain of the Pharaoh's guard actively pursuing the, the slave or the master, if you like, of her husband's household actively going against the cultural norm of the day. Or so we think. The differential here was, for her, culturally this wouldn't be adultery, because Joseph was property. He wasn't a person. He was a slave. So she was at no risk. He was at risk of his life. And actually, if you look at his reaction, 
at risk of his spiritual life as well because he knew it would be against God if he let his master's wife have her way. And he showed wisdom, didn't he? It, it said there, he tried not to be in her presence on his own. Now sometimes when we face temptation which could be anything, because temptation for all of us is different, isn't it? You know, sometimes it can be that extra bar of chocolate. The third, fourth drink. The 17th cup of coffee. It may sound silly, but for all of us, it's different levels, isn't it? It could be watching the TV program, which then stops us sleeping because it puts ideas in our head. How many of us sometimes exhibit the wisdom this young man did to say, you know what, I'm going to put myself in a different situation? Just, just a thought for us all to work through privately. But this woman was scheming. She ensured that she would be in the situation that he would be the only one in the house. And it really does sound like she threw herself at him. Because that's the only way I can think about it. If he had to run, leaving his cloak behind... Now, in that little video, he sort of like, I don't quite know where he got the sheep from, which he was covering his modesty with running away. Um, but he escaped, keeping his integrity, but sadly, leaving behind, if you like, false evidence that she could claim and lie that he did something he didn't. Now, if you look at it in Scripture, her anger, her comment straight to her husband. In the um, NIV, it says, your servant. If you go back to the um, King James and some of the older translations, it says, that Hebrew you brought into our house raped me. Not Joseph, who's done so much for us. That undesirable. And he was thrown straight into prison. So he escaped with his life. So there must have been enough, if you like, use a modern phrase, reasonable doubt in the story that Joseph didn't do what he was being accused of or it was pitched that he tried to, so therefore he escaped with his life. But again, we've gone full circle, haven't we? From a pit to a place of exalted authority, back to a prison pit. And a prison reserved solely for prisoners who worked in the royal household. Which might have meant that he could have been there on his own. We don't know at this point. But we are told the Lord was still with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and favour in the sight of the keeper of the prison. 
So much so that Joseph was put in charge of all the prisoners who were there in that prison. And whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that Joseph was in charge of. Because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Isn't that amazing? Low, well, high favoured son, low, beaten up by your brothers and sold. Back to an exalted position. Lied about. Accused of. Straight back down again. Everything stripped away. But even in that place of being in prison, the blessing of God started working out. And here's Joseph in prison. By the sounds of what Scripture is telling us, in control of everything that happened in that prison, so much so that their version, the prison warden, had nothing to worry about and wasn't particularly interested in what was going on because Joseph had it. Because God was with him. Now, I think we're going to let you discuss what you think of this story, but I just want to leave a thought with you before you do that. So often, um, we can react to things that happen in our lives. You know, life is not linear, is it? It's full of waves, full of ups and downs. And sometimes it can be full of the highest of highs. And then all of a sudden, the next thing that comes, you think is the lowest that there can be. Now, our personalities are all different. Some of us are really um, blessed to actually still be able to sit there in that place ourselves and actually be able to see where God is at and feel that closeness and that blessing which we see Joseph start to feel, start to see happen. Others of us need people around us to come alongside us and say, you know what, God's not forgotten you. He is still here. He has still got you because we can see this happening. And it takes a little while and all of a sudden maybe you start to see it or circumstances change. And maybe you don't see it till you're halfway back up to the exalted place that God perhaps wants to get you to. And you can turn around and look back. Hindsight sometimes is a good thing. It can be a dangerous thing. Looking back in reality to follow um, the thread of God at work, I think, is better than hindsight. Because then you see, you know, our lives might do this because of decisions and choices and options that we choose. God's love, provision, protection, support is there very much as a linear line, whereas our lives are wavy. Not cutting through the middle of it, but actually underpinning everything from the worst point to the highest point. It's just us who sometimes don't take him with us. This story, the rise and fall of Joseph in the Potiphar years, I think is a really good image of that where in the fall we are told that God was still with Joseph because of his integrity. 
maybe that's a call to us to make sure that we are full of that integrity, full of, you know, steadfast in what we know God wants us to be in the highs and the lows. I'm going to invite you lot to now spend the next 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Uh, there are fewer of, fewer of us this morning. So if you are on a table on your own, find somebody to join with, or you may want to join up tables so there's more of you, just have a little chat. You know, is there something different in this story that you've seen that maybe hasn't come out yet? You may have a totally different viewpoint. This is where Cafe Church is brilliant. Over to you. Chat, and we'll have a little bit of feedback in about 10, 15 minutes. Okay, so have we got some pearls of wisdom people would like to share? <laughs> I heard a no then. Um, yeah, a few things. First of all, we d we thought um, he must be an incredible man of faith because after what he'd been through, he must have thought, right, this is the end. Um, at least I'm in charge of a place. I'm I'm pretty well off. I'm pretty safe. And then God takes him right back to where he was in the first place. So that was our first thing. He must have been an incredible man of faith. And he must have had real talent in in administration because wherever he went, <coughs> it seems that administration was his niche and God kept him in that area the whole time. Um, I mean, the other thing we thought <coughs> is a bit like a modern Mandela, <coughs> um, Nelson Mandela, because it, it was a similar situation with Mandela where he was in jail for 18 years and then came out and was leader of the African Congress. So <coughs> that that's a sort of a, a modern picture of perhaps what happened. Um, but I suppose we'd all get to the point where maybe when he was thrown in jail, he must have said, God, haven't, haven't I had enough? You know, isn't this the last straw that breaks the camel's back? So his faith must have been incredible because he'd been through so much and and it wasn't and there was no truth so basically the enemy the lies of the enemy had 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 won over truth um we were praying the other day and i think one of the things that we we were praying about a situation and the lord said to us that the answer is the banner of truth and the word of the test of your testimony and I think, you know, we have to hold on to the banner of truth over the, the lies of Satan. And I think that's obviously what happened here. And how he, he got through that is remarkable. I think it's a bit like Mandela. You know, God must give you the courage and the strength and the will to go on. Because I don't think it's, it's logical for for a human being to go through that without the strength of God in them. Yeah, humanly, he must have thought, oh, what? <laughs> really? Uh, anyone else? Um, what I'm thinking is that um, 
Joseph, he had a lot of integrity, which is something we question today um, because we live in a world where everything is sort of temptations, temptations, temptations. And if, uh, as, as some of our group discussed, men or ladies can get themselves into the situation that Joseph was in. It's not solely down to uh, your gender or, or whatever it is. But in the long run, his integrity is, and his trust in God is what saw him through. And he was tested from the first time um, because he was thrown out of his family home and sort of left to basically trust God and ask God to be with him. He, and also, he found his way away from his family and he did what he did. And then um, he also found, as you said, himself again in prison. And we think, why? Twice it's happened to me, not just once. <laughs> Don't I trust you enough? Haven't I got that integrity? But he did. But sometimes it's a testing time for us. And it's also a time for us to get on a one-to-one -one with God. And he knows our hearts and he's testing. And also, now we have Jesus Christ, where the woman at the well, she was also, he doesn't point a finger and accuse her. But what he does is, you have that conviction and that, uh, you know what sin is. And what Jesus gives us is the grace and the Holy Spirit to deal with such things. And that we pray for, because in this world, we're never going to get through without temptations. And we just got to know how to handle it properly. Thanks, Justin. Um, a few things from us. I think we shared um, Chris's group's question about how Joseph knew how to run things uh, on Potiphar's behalf. Wondered if he learned a bit about relationship management from, through his brothers when he was, had a bit of time to think about it at the bottom of the well. Um, second, uh, it was interesting that he was able to stand firm uh, at his highest moments. And I think sometimes that can be a time when we think that everything's going well and we're doing a lot. Or we can be tempted to think there's quite a lot going on under our own strength. And actually it's the times when we're at our lowest when we can sometimes be closer to God because we're more aware that we we feel more that we need his, um, his strength, his support, his love. And actually, when we're at our highest, that can be a time when we think, oh, no, I can do this on my own. And then, oh, here's something else that's come along. Oh, this is quite interesting. Um, so interesting that he was able to stand firm at, at that point. And then linked to that, um, his first reaction was correct. His first reaction was, no, thank you. And I think that often we do do that. Often we know, as Christians, we know what the right thing is to do. We know what the the thing that reflects our integrity would be to do. But then sometimes after we've made that initial decision, we think, well, let me just look at Mrs. Potiphar's Facebook profile. Let me just do this. Let me let me search her on Google. Let me see these things. And then we kind of unpick the thing that we knew was the right thing to do in the first place. But Joseph didn't do that. Obviously, he didn't have Facebook, but he didn't do that. He stood very firm and you know refused, refused, refused to the point where, where he faced false accusations in prison. So, yeah, there we are three. Our three points. Cool. I think, you know, the real benefit of looking at scriptures like this that we've learned. Kai, can you turn it down, please? That we've grown up with. Um, and talking them through as well is that actually 
we sometimes don't challenge ourselves on what we think we know. Does that make sense? We think we know what this story is all about. Or we think we know what our opinion on this bit of doctrine is about. We, we had you know, quite a deep discussion in our life group this week about just a couple of points. Um, respectful discussion from three different aspects. But sometimes we don't actually, as church family, give ourselves the opportunity to do that. Integrity to me may mean something totally different to someone else. Um, you know, the parallels of the, you know, in the two groups. How did he know how to run that household in that way? Was it natural gifting? Is it God? Well, God blessed him. You know, was it, it, but for some of us, we don't always take these, we pick different things, which is really good. And it's where God challenges us. So this week, Father, let us this week be people of integrity, people who stand out different from those around us because we are standing firm on your word, on your commandments to love each other as you have loved us, to extend your grace and your forgiveness in the situations where people or circumstance try us and where perhaps maybe the easy option seems the option that we want to take. Let us stand firm on your word and be your people in all circumstances this week for the glory of your kingdom. Amen. There is no lunch this today, so you're going to have to go home and feed yourselves. Have a blessed week. See you next Sunday.